episode three, building my board. Um, basically, a series that I'm doing. If you haven't been too privy to it, I'm doing I'm going through every position group, doing my rankings, kind of building my board. You know, that's the title of the show, and just kind of getting my guys in order for when the draft happens. You know, who, um, where their value lies. Who do I like? Where will I take them? Kind of keeping everything in order. So when draft day comes, I know who, you know, off, you know, should be in my mind. But off the on the off chance that it's not, I have it written down and I can see where I would take these players based on their value, based on who I really like and who's just on the board. Things like that. So um, this episode is going to be the wide receivers. We're going to be playing catch up. Um, did wide receivers last week, um, started off the board with DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss. Um, I think that's everybody's, well, a lot of people's consensus, number one. Um, I think what you get out of DK is just a guy that, you know, obviously has a short sample size on what he did with, um, Ole Miss. And that NWO supporting cast. But you look at the projection and his traits moving forward. I think that's a talent that you cannot uh, overlook. I think that he's not a guy that you look at this wide receiver class and he's probably going to have the most gaudy stats. Like in terms of he's not going to go down as probably the most prolific wide receiver in terms of 100 catch seasons, 1,500 yards, two, uh, you know, getting close to 2,000 yards. I don't think that's his his skill set. I think his skill set is affecting a defense in a way so much that the defensive um, – that you really have to think of him. And defensive coordinators will stay up long at night and trying to figure out ways to stop him in terms of him uh, being able to defeat and win his one-on-ones versus cornerbacks and being able to out-physical the cornerbacks or anybody that's on him. And I think that he also has the ability to move inside in the slot as a big tight end. Um, A lot of people aren't talking about DK in that light, but certainly you could use him in the tight end game, um, or at least at that position in in that area of the field, because he has that skill set. He can win on the outside with sheer speed and out-muscle DBs, like I said before, but can also go inside and make moves versus linebackers and really affect the game on the inside. So I just think he's the consistency number one for me, not because of production, but because of his traits moving forward to the next level. Um, next, I had uh, Andy Isabella or Isabella, as you guys will say, out of UMass. I think that he's the type of uh, player to where he will be those type of, that type of player if healthy that's going to be able to put up numbers have those uh you know gaudy stats uh 10 catch type of games 120 yard type of games multiple touchdowns um, because you can use them in a multitude of ways and it's easier to get someone the ball close to the line of scrimmage that's shifty quick twitch um can stop on a dime, leave people in the dust, and be able to get yards after catch on more than one occasion. Um, whereas with DK, it's going to be those splash plays, those go over the top of guys, that that deep threat type of guy uh, with a big body. But like Andy Isabella, 
It's just the type of player that is very um, I, he's QB friendly when it comes to system, but you also have to be very accurate with a guy like Andy Isabella downfield because his catch radius isn't that big. So, you know, although he may be, you know, a dynamo in terms of how he's using the system, the quarterback in the intermediate and deep passes to Andy Isabella needs the quarterback needs to be accurate because he's not going to go up and you know, catch it over somebody and he, he's not going to, um, you know, out muscle anybody. So it's important that you have a, uh, a quarterback that's accurate on all levels of the field, short, intermediate, deep. Um, third, I believe I had AJ Brown and no, JJ Arcega Whiteside and Antoine Wesley was my two, uh, wide receivers tied for third um, AJ Brown is a ath- <laughs> yes, he's an athlete, uh, but he's a wide receiver that remo- runs very fluidly, very smooth. Um, I think that he's raw in terms of being an all-around receiver in the technical sense. He's played both inside and outside. That's good. Um, he's physical. Has a good set of hands. I just think he's an outs- uh, athlete. That's a gamer. He's six foot, 220 pounds in the more or so Anquan Bolden build. Um, I think that he's a competitor. I think he has the mindset to be good. Um, early in the draft process, seeing his tape, he ran a he ran a lot of bubble screens. I saw a lot of bubble screens from the screen position. And it just kind of got monotonous because all he did was run bubble screens. And then I watched more tape on him. And, you know... My first opinion was him was okay. He loves baseball. Like there's even the like, documentary of this guy loving baseball. I question what did he love more? I mean, baseball is a lucrative business. I won't say that it's easier to be good in baseball, but if you have those type of skill sets, you certainly stand out more. And you guys would have to see the documentary d- documentary to kind of get inside of why I thought that you know he could have been in a Kyler Murray situation. But he certainly debunked those early in the process. And, you know, I always would would suggest that a player that is good in baseball to try baseball first if you really love it. Because the injuries in baseball or injuries that may be sustained in baseball will not deter you from possibly having a future career in football. So, uh, you know, that's was my first opinion. But after watching tape, I believe that he's a great uh, receiver. I think he'll have great rookie numbers. And even better, and I think he'll have a gradual climb. I can't help but to to see like a um, kind of reminds me of a, a Juju Smith Schuster type of eval to where when you're watching tape on Juju, you see those athletic traits, but when you get in the NFL system and how they use you, it can be a lot different in your development. And let's not make it seem like it's because just strictly NFL. Maybe it's the NFL coaching paired with. You're just comfortable and you're gradually progressing. I see him as that type of player. Uh, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Oh, that's it. Antoine Wesley. Either way, I had A.J. Brown under them. I just mentioned A.J. Brown. But J.J. Arcega-Whiteside was a wide receiver that kind of reminded me of uh, Miles Austin um, to where everything is very refined. Everything is technical. 
Um, he has the ability to leap over defenders. So he has the best of both worlds from the standpoint of he's fast enough to, to get behind defenders. He's big enough to shield them off and make a catch. Um, he's technical enough to set up uh, DBs in his route concepts. Um, everything is different. Every route is different. And with coaching, he's only going to get better. So I just think, you know, just to clarify, A.J. Brown is right under them. And Antoine Wesley is in that in that range. And I'm going to have to pull up this list because I want to make sure that I got it correct. So you hear a lot of tapping of me getting to this information. You know, we keep it very organic here at Barnes University Radio. We want to make sure things are right. We don't want to be perfect. We want to be correct. So, yeah, I actually had our Sega Whiteside and Kelvin Harmon tied. So, so yeah, it was our Sega Whiteside, J.J. Arcega Whiteside and Kelvin Harmon tied for three. And I just got finished talking about Arcega Whiteside just being, he just has the best of both worlds and, and uh, the best of several worlds, I should say, in terms of size, leaping ability, speed, route running. Um, just sav- a savvy guy that almost plays like a veteran already. Um, then you have Kelvin Harmon, um, who shouldn't be omitted at all. Um, he's just a big wide receiver to me. Kind of reminds me of Des Bryant more recently. Not the Oklahoma State Des Bryant because I think Des Bryant was more explosive coming out of Oklahoma State. But in terms of when he slowed down a little bit, because Kelvin Harmon, to me, he's not a blazer. He's just a big-body receiver who has the work ethic of an NFL player already. Um, he's kind of slew-footed. Uh, you know, to me, you know, that's just a, a scout's eye observation. Slew-footed, kind of flat-footed as well. Runs kind of kind of funky in that in that sense. But other than that, I mean, the guy that makes plays on the ball, leaping ability, big, like I said, a big body. Wide receiver, think Des Bryant. Um, like I said, work in progress because he, he has a work ethic. He understands his weaknesses. Needs to get a little, little bit better in his deceptiveness and his route running. But other than that, I feel like Kelvin Harmon has a, a bright future um, as an NFL wideout. You know, the biggest thing with him, I think, is injuries because when you run that way, he's a ferocious runner even a- after the catch. Um, I think that maybe minor tic-tac injuries may ensue. But other than that, I feel like he'd be a great pro. I already talked about A.J. Brown. Just kind of skipped the steps. But I don't know where I went from that. those two players and they just skipped to A.J. Brown. It'd be fun to re-listen to this. But anyway, um, like I said, I don't have the list in front of me until now. And then it was A.J. Brown and Antoine Wesley who were kind of tied. And Antoine Wesley is being highly underrated in this draft process. I even saw even one of the most well-respected um, scouting analysts or draft analysts say that he's going to be a seventh rounder. And I just don't see how Antoine Wesley, you watch the tape and his skill set, how he will even make it to the seventh round. And how do you even see him as a seventh round talent? But anyway, um, let me talk about why I believe that he'll be drafted in the mid rounds at the latest. And the reason why is because although him being a one year wonder, as people like to say, you know, that I'll use to entertain the fact that they like to use that. 
um, in, in football settings is because the this this is this is what doesn't I don't understand about the low. He's a six four, two hundred six pound receiver who run routes who runs routes on poor on par, not as good as a JJ Arcega Whiteside. He's not as good as a route runner, but very similar in how they set up defenders by using deceptive routes, movements, head movements. Uh, they sell it. Their body. If they're going to run the same, they sell it perfectly. Turn the body, turn in their hips, turn in their head, and they really have that acting ability in the route running. In terms of jumping, he his yards probably won't be as dominant at the next level due to the speed of the game, but he can definitely. He's taken it to the house before. The guy can run. Um, he enjoys blocking. In fact, when people ask him about his favorite part of being a receiver, is it catching on? Is it uh, taking 150 yards? He actually did both of them, both of them kind of ignored both of those parts of being a receiver. Just talked about how he loved the block for his running back or somebody in them sort. Just as a tape, I'm coming to work. I'm not saying he'll be the next. I'm not saying that he'll be the next Green or whatever or the next Randy Moss. So I'm not saying that, that his skill is very similar to an eight round explosive, but in the areas, it varies to me. And even similar to the last year's time. Draft couple of so just big body that you can count on to win um, his assignment most times. So it's kind of asinine to me based off of all those things. His production, one year of production, true. There were some guys that was in front of him, due diligence, whatever. But I just think in this year, the guy is just, he's worthy of a mid-round pick. Then right under them, I had Debo Samuel and Paris Campbell. I'm going to kind of storm through this. Samuel was a guy that I just believe that, you know, he had some unlucky breaks, like no pun intended, but unlucky situations, you know, in his career with hamstrings. And then obviously the uh, the leg injury um, versus Kentucky. So it's kind of like a situation where when he played, he was dominant. And you saw that in the senior bowl. He's just a dominant player. That just has been unlucky. He gets a team, and not every Steelers is being a fit. You're trying to replace him with Brown, Brown's production. But Debo Samuel, future Steeler, that I think, you know. But anyway, Debo Samuel is a player that just reminds me of a bigger uh, kid, right? You know, me, we, uh, I'm, me being a Titans enthusiast, just a bigger Kendall Wright, playmaking ability, big, strong hands, can run the route tree. Can get open, can make play. I mean, it's just to me. If it wasn't for the injury concerns, he'd be a top three wide receiver in this draft class. It's just you, you know, you just can't count on it. It's not necessarily the way that he plays. You know, it could be you know the way that he trains to where his hamstrings have a problem or whatever. Whether he stretches, whatever what, the things he you know consumes, I don't know, but. In terms of all those injuries, it's just unfortunate. Other than that, you know, the guy just is a, you know, built in the 5'11", 200 range and just a big, big guy. In a, you know, a big stock. To me, he's more stocky than, like, one of those skinny wide receivers that's usually at that height and weight range. I just think he has ability to break ability to play around the line of scrimmage, ability to go deep and make plays. I'm not a blazer. He's not 4 3 He's fast to separate. And then the guy right after him was Paris Campbell. He's a guy that, another guy where I had to go back and watch tape on. First first time I watched tape, thought he was kind of a gadget player. Um, went back and re- re-watched the tape. Um, saw that this guy has some potential to where, yes, he is going to be a work in progress in terms of getting him up to speed on NFL route running concepts. Um, 
and that type of thing. But his skill set, the speed, being creative with him, um, I'd even venture out to say try him out on special teams. You know, I'm not, uh, you know, the tape on him doing that on Ohio at Ohio State mm-hmm. is is scarce. But I certainly venture out and offer that to him on kickoff maybe, you know, just to be able to use his explosiveness in multiple areas on your team. You'd be doing a disservice not to try that. Um, Marquise Brown and Gary Jennings were tied after that. And I think those two players, Brown is a blazer. Um, Jennings is a big body guy that kind of reminds me of Muhammad Sanu. Brown, what you're going to get out of Brown is a, a just just what I just said, a blazer speed guy. In the, I think he's more Will Fuller than he is John Ross. So what I mean is the production and I guess what you would call the bust potential is a little bit lower for me. I think that Marquise Brown is closer to like a Will Fuller production if he's in the right situation. Um, and then Gary Jennings, I think he's a big body Deceptive speed, big wide receiver. Think Muhammad Sanu. Um, big, long arms, strong arms, good run after catchability. And like I said, that deceptive speed, he can, he can even be, I'm not going to say he's a dominant deep threat uh, guy, but he can certainly make plays downfield. Um, then after them is the the very highly acclaimed Nikhil Harry and Hakeem Butler. A lot of people have them as their wide receiver ones. I just think as, as a route runner, as a player, Nikhil Harry, you'll be able to find creative ways to make him productive. Now, as a refined route runner and stuff like that, as a receiver, a total receiver, he's not that yet. To me, he's more Kenny Britt than a, um, you know, somebody else that that is mentioned, like uh, Dez Bryant. I think Kelvin Harmon is more Dez Bryant than Nikhil Harry. So, Nikhil Harry is more Kenny Britt for me. Uh, Hakeem Butler is a guy that a lot of people compare him to Calvin Johnson. To me, he's more Plaxico Burris. And the reason why I use player comps from former players that came out in the draft is because it gives me, gives the viewer, listener, an idea of how this guy plays. And for me, it kind of paints the picture for me as well. Not saying that they have the similar production, just their skill set, the traits, are kind of there similar. So I think those two players, I think that more, much like Nikhil Harry, he's going to have these splash plays that, 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 that helps his team, which that's where you want to. But I'm just basing this off of value. I'm not saying that they'll be horrible player, but the value of the player is where I kind of, this is what the point, this, this is the point for me, the value. So if I'm in the first round, do I take a Nikhil Harry or a Kareem Butler? Based on my value chart, they're not worth that. Based on my value chart, they're a little bit later. So I think they'll be great players. Like I said, Hakeem Butler's ability to jump over people and just be that long, lanky, kind of freak of nature type of player. He's he's long. Like you look at him on the football field, he's it looks like he's playing amongst little kids. He's that big, he's that long, and you know, and that does have value on your team. It's just it's gonna be in splash plays. It's gonna you're gonna see his stats more in yards per catch you know, totals as opposed to a lot of yards. Uh, I'm not even going to say they're not going to have a lot of touchdowns, but his yards per catch is really what's going to stick out with those two type of players. Keelan Doss out of UC uh, Davis, I believe in uh, California. 
Um, just a wide receiver that reminds me of Keenan Allen type, just a possession type of guy that goes up, make plays. Uh, not saying possession to where he's not a athletic enough to make plays outside of that uh, label or frame, but he certainly is that type of player. Travis Fulgham, a guy that came from Old Dominion. He's a he's a big, strong receiver that I really like in terms of a developmental role. I don't, I don't know if he comes in and actually – you know, takes over the league or anything like that. Demarcus Lodge, another type of player, reminds me of Dante Moncrief, plays for the Steelers right now. Just that, that type of wide receiver that every now and again you're going to get, you know, great plays like that. Riley Ridley, a little bit lower on him than a lot of guys or a lot of analysts is just just a raw, raw sushi right now. But I think that of all these players, you could see him. I'm not going to say of all these players, but he certainly has ability. Uh, and a zest to learn so you could see him skyrocket up depending on his meeting with teams and depending on the work that he puts in uh jacoby myers and penny hart right in that area as well jacoby myers is a former quarterback smart extremely smart knows where to be makes those uncanny smart plays continuously on tape penny hart is a small compact guy um I, I wanted to say a golden tape comp, but I think golden is a, is a little bit more fluid, longer arms. He's more of a compact guy. So, And I don't want to say quite Tyreek Hill because he doesn't have the explosiveness. So he reminds me in the mode of a guy that Titans fans will know, Lavelle Hawkins from Cal a, a while back. He's kind of in that mold, but a better player than Lavelle Hawkins. Um, he wins with short area quickness. He wins underneath. Um, I think he will surprise you by the way that he'll be able to catch a football, you know, over a guy that's taller than him on certain occasions. Um, but certainly a guy that you take a late round um, pick on him that he'll be able to provide in some way. And he, he showed the ability to beat press as well at the senior bowl. And you see it on tape as well. So I, I like Penny Hart in terms of as a contributor. He's not your number one or number two, maybe even number three option, but he'll come in and make plays for you. Hunter Renfro, uh, Anthony Johnson, David Seals, and uh, Emmanuel Hall all bunched together kind of in the range. I think Hall, starting with him, just a deep threat, one-dimensional guy, but he'll make plays down the field if he stays healthy. David Seals is a guy that um, former quarterback, much like Jacoby Myers, but not as good as a player in terms of utility for me. I think that he's just a big, tall guy that can catch. Um, certainly a good player, but not as good as Jacoby Myers to me in those former quarterback ranges for me, not to say that that's a, like a label, but to me, just comparing the two. Um, Anthony Johnson, I, I look at him as a less talented, a little bit less talented, or a less talented Tyler Board. I don't like to really say verbally or out loud a low bargain or a poor man's version, but it's kind of what that is for me. Just a possession wide receiver knows how to fit in zones and make plays and keeps keep the chains moving hunter renfro uh a smaller guy to where all you saw was him make plays and that comes from his preparation uh his determination just a guy that's 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 gonna come in i think that he'll be a practice squad guy based on his size um i don't necessarily think he can get off press consistently at the next level but i think he's uh consistent and i think he's a good locker room guy so under them ratliff williams Anthony Ratliff-Williams, Kevontae Turpin, Emmanuel Butler, Nuki or Nyquan Murray, Ryan Davis, Kelvin McKnight, uh, Brody Oliver, Spencer Snell, 
uh, Jesper Horstel, all guys that probably will be late round to undrafted guys. And depending on who you give a chance on, you know, out of this list, obviously Ratliff Williams, I think his biggest asset at this point is special teams returning. Cavante Turbin, you know, he's been in a lot of trouble off field, but I think that he's the type of guy that can be a gadget guy. And then obviously, if you look at this tape, his special teams ability, kick returner, punt returner ability, I think he has probably one of the best kick return, punt return potential of all of these guys. Emmanuel Butler, a big guy, kind of reminds me of Jacoby Jones, used to play for the Ravens and Texans. Uh, Nuki Murray, just a smaller, compact guy, like really one of those skinnier guys when I was talking about in that 5'9", 5'10", 185, 190 range. This is it's just him. You look at him, you think, okay, whatever, but he makes plays consistently. Um, just a good player that you might want to pick up as an undrafted free agent. Ryan Davis, not fast whatsoever, 5'9", 185 type of guy, but the guy just continually caught the football, made people miss on his tape at Auburn. Um, Kelvin McKnight, um, a guy, a small school Sanford guy, um, that is in the mode of a lot of these kick returners. So if you can't, you know, they'll be able to produce once you get the ball. If you can't get Turpin or Ratliff Williams, a guy like Kelvin McKnight would certainly be a good option there. Has the explosiveness, um, you know, came from small school. So that level of comp with a lot of these guys might, might come up, but overall good player, Brody Oliver, um, knows how to catch the ball, knows how to uh, use his body and catch over people. And I think that's Honestly, a great trick. His only thing is continuously on tape um, with Brody Oliver. And he comes from Colorado School of Mines or something like that. So it's, it's a very interesting title to a school. Um, Spencer Snell, Illinois State, smaller school guy. All you saw was him was use his speed. I think he's he's a guy that production wise I'm not he's not a Taewon Taylor production wise, but you see his skill set being that kind of like that one dimensional deep threat guy. Um that every now and again he'll he'll make a a long play down the field at the next level. But in college that's all he did. Um and then Jesper Horstead was a guy that I thought that his big body, his uh football intelligence, I thought if you know, he's at the 235 range or 230 range. If he gained another 10 to 15 pounds, he'd be a great tight end, Jesper Horstead. Um, so those are my that's my raw receiver. It was a, an extensive list. So I expect this uh, podcast to be a little longer than usual. But that's that was my raw receivers. Building my board. Um, you know, it was a fun group. Uh, lots of different types of talents, as you heard. From big guys that can catch over people with speed to slower guys that can catch over people that's raw to smaller compact guys to special team, more so special team guys to small compact guys that's better than special teams that can actually be on offense and make plays. So it's a diverse group and pretty much much like every year, but it was fun going through everybody. Guys, stay tuned. Um, Tight end episode coming up next. Um, God bless.